Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Bloomberg, sound off. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. President Trump was sent here to smash conventional norms. In a sense, Bernie Sanders has already won. This is Bloomberg, sound on with Kevin Sir. On Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. President Trump declares a national emergency. I just left the White House where he had a press conference and he has waived student loan interest. He has stockpiled oil in the virus plan and he promises that tests are on the way. He was flanked by some of the nation's top CEOs, Walmart, Target, Walgreens, CVS. And he says that the private-public partnership that has been created and never before happened is now well on its way for drive-through testing. He has also initiated a a bevy of new uh, deregulation policies as it relates to senior citizens, uh, asking that folks not visit nursing homes. We're going to dive into the policy, the politics. We actually have Congressman French Hill, a Republican from Arkansas, with us in studio, and Lester Munson. He's a principal at the government relations firm BGR Group, previously having served, of course, on the uh, Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, And Wendy Benjaminson, Bloomberg Politics Editor, is going to check in with us as well via telephone. She's working from home, like many people are, but we're still broadcasting. President Trump declared a national emergency today as this, as uh, the, he also, as the pandemic of the coronavirus continues to escalate. Reading from the Associated Press, President Donald Trump on Friday declared the coronavirus pandemic a national emergency as Washington struggles in providing Americans with relief and officials race to slow down the spread of the outbreak. Uh, Earlier today, the president spoke from the Rose Garden at the White House, virtually just finishing within the last half hour. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Here's the president. The action I am taking will open up access to up to $50 billion of very importantly, very important and a large amount of money for states and territories and localities in our shared fight against this disease. That was President Trump saying again that by declaring a national emergency, he will be able to work with FEMA and free up more funds more effectively, more efficiently to help communities where the coronavirus has been has has really significantly impacted uh, folks. He also said that he's increasing the U.S. strategic reserve. Here he is talking about oil. Based on the price of oil, I've also instructed the Secretary of Energy to purchase at a very good price, large quantities of crude oil for storage in the U.S. Strategic Reserve. I'm joined now by Congressman French Hill, as well as Lester Munson, who's a principal at government relations firm BGR Group. Congressman Hill, first of all, thank you so much for being here. You bet, Kevin. Good to be with you. And uh, let's start with, uh, let's leave the politics aside for a minute. He boosted the oil reserve. 
He's uh, saying that FEMA is going to help out, frees up a lot of liquidity in market term uh, for helping with this spread. But in addition to that, he was joined in the Rose Garden by some of the top CEOs, Target, Walgreens, CVS. And he said that this public-private partnership is going to help uh, with testing and that the parking lots for Walgreens, for CVS, for Targets all over the country, there's going to be able to be drive-through testing. What are you hearing from your administration officials when they're briefing you in Congress about when people are going to be able to get tested? Well, we've got tests out across the country through the Departments of Public Health and some of our teaching hospitals, and those are growing. There's over a million tests out there. People who need a test should do that through their physician if they're experiencing symptoms, and they can get a test. What this does is it democratizes that dramatically across the whole country, particularly in hot spots. I was proud to see my fellow Arkansan, Doug McMillan, today, CEO of Walmart there, to talk about using their parking lots in hot spots. You've got Quest Diagnostics. You've got LabCorp, who are going to put out essentially a, a test with 24 to 36 hours approval. That'll be drive-through. You won't go in the stores. You'll drive-through. You'll be swabbed. You'll be screened. And then that test results will come back to you. It's a great way to get more tests out all next week. And so one of the things that the president also said is that Google is developing a website for individuals to take a test to see if they even need to get tested, a screening rather, right. to see if they need to get tested. It's this new word that I think we in the culture are going to be talking a lot about for generations to come and truthfully could be one of the legacies of this particular American moment, global moment, and that's telemedicine. And, and you know, I, when that website happens, it would allow folks to go on this website, take a, a screening, and then that can make a recommendation if they need to be tested. One of the things the president said repeatedly today was he doesn't, whether or not people agree with this, but the president of the United States is saying he doesn't necessarily believe that every single person needs a test because if you don't have symptoms – then you might be taking that away from an individual who does need to get tested. That's right, of course. I mean, and, and we've seen that in South Korea where 4% of the tests uh, come back, which means basically they've got, you know, 96% of the other people have other respiratory challenges, not right. coronavirus. So seeking, uh, going through this Google screening, which should be up next week, is a way to prepare yourself for, is this something I should do or not? You'll consult with a physician, and then if you need the test, this will be a convenient way to do it without walking into a medical clinic, without walking into an ER. So one of the other components of this is that lawmakers are close to getting a deal, an economic stimulus uh, deal, and I'm curious, where are you on that with Speaker Pelosi and, and Secretary Mnuchin? Well, most of the work between Secretary Mnuchin at the Treasury Department and Speaker Pelosi in the House has been revolving around how do we help families make sure that they've got the funding from unemployment insurance or for coverage for family or medical leave, all triggered by a public health emergency, meaning the coronavirus. And how do we narrow that language to make sure we're helping American families at this tough time over the next few weeks, but it is truly triggered by the public health emergency and that it's temporary in nature and that those negotiations continue as we speak. All right. And just to, I'm glad we addressed the mar the uh, public health concerns. And I think that it is going to be quite remarkable to see how the private sector is going to be helping Americans all throughout uh, the country. And, uh, you know, it's, we gotta, we all gotta pitch in here. We all gotta, you know, be healthy. We gotta wash our hands, but more importantly, we've got to stay calm. And that's one of the things is if you look at uh, 
previous recessions, any economist will tell you this, you actually don't need to have an MBA, don't tell anyone I said that, in order to know that the psychological impacts of this can be just as detrimental to the economy. Congressman, what uh, I know you're a small business owner, you were, and you're pre- previously uh, a small business guy, uh, but talk to me about the importance of folks taking a breath, following the rules, understanding that these issues of containment are coming from not a position of fear, but from empowerment, so that it doesn't get so bad, and that the school closures and whatnot are actually, it's coming from a place of empowerment. It is a place of empowerment, because if we jump on it over the next two or three weeks, we may see a flattened curve, which is what we want to achieve here in the United States, and with our outstanding public health, with our teaching hospitals, with the ability of testing, with Roche getting FDA approval for this test in just a matter of days, which is amazing in government context. This should bring people to have some confidence that this is going to be a positive thing overall and that we'll be recovered from this before uh, we know it. Something that encourages people, the uncertainty we've seen in the markets has been brought about not only by the uncertainty of corporate performance, but also the oil markets have been very disruptive. And so one thing when you look at uncertainty is therapeutics. And I was pleased to see that the Department of Defense is working with Gilead on a therapeutic right that will, they believe will be experimentally very helpful to prevent people from uh, or, you know, bringing a cure to this. Not a vaccine, but just the therapeutic like Tamiflu is for the regular flu. Amazing. All right, coming up, we're going to talk more about that. Congressman Hill's here for the hour. Lester Munson's listening. And you know what I was thinking? All these kids are home. All these kids are home from school. You know, they do those TikTok things. I don't know what TikTok is. Maybe they could send a TikTok to some of the nursing homes and make them laugh since, the, since the, you know, God bless the elderly, but they need to laugh too. Those kids that are home from school, parents, if you're listening, have your kids send in a TikTok to the nursing homes. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. To help our students and their families, I've waived interest in all student loans held by federal government agencies, and that will be until further notice. That was President Trump speaking earlier today in the Rose Garden, declaring the virus pandemic a national emergency, and it was one of the components of his plan. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. I was at the White House earlier today um, covering that, ran back here uh, to to make sure we were here for Congressman French Hill, who's with me for the hour, and Lester Munson, uh, Principal at Government Relations Firm P- BGR Group, and previously worked for the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for sen- now former Senator Bob Corker, Republican from Tennessee. I got one more question before we bring in Lester, who's been so patient. But I cut you off on something that you said earlier that I want to let breathe and I want to open up this conversation. And that's on uh, the issue of not necessarily a vaccine, but a way to prevent this, uh, like a termoflu type of, of issue. And you had some fascinating perspective. And I want you to tell us what you know and what you heard about the Department of the Defense yeah. uh, bringing this to market. So when we get the flu, one of the things that helps us recover from it faster is Theraflu, uh, and that is a therapeutic that allows us to recover from flu faster after our days of rest and sleep and fluids. So the question is, we've talked a lot about vaccines, and the best companies in the world are working on a vaccine, but a vaccine could take 
months or a year to actually have a vaccine to cure the coronavirus or prevent the coronavirus, I should say. So where are we on therapeutics? And I was very encouraged this week when the Department of Defense agreed to uh, sign up Gilead Sciences, which had developed a therapeutic that worked in other virus situations like MERS, Ebola. And so it's a, it's a test. It's, it's, um, uh, it's a right to try, if you will, to let's see if it also affects and attacks the coronavirus. And those therapeutics, I think, would bring a lot of certainty back to the market that would bring comfort to the American people if we develop a therapeutic. So I hope over the next few months that is also something that we see progress on, in addition to a long-term vaccine. Lester, come in here. Uh, given your experience serving on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, there's been so much observation observations reporting on how different countries are handling this. And so where does the United States response from your perspective rank right now in terms of how are we ahead of this? Are we behind this? Where are we? Well, I think there was uh, maybe a little tough time getting started, uh, much like, uh, you know, frankly, I think China completely fumbled the initial response to the, the Wuhan virus, the virus that came out of the city of Wuhan. Uh, they they covered things up. Eventually, they got to the point where uh, their command and control economy was able to really clamp down on everyone, and they were at least addressing the issue. Not at all in the way we would, but they were doing it in their Chinese way. In the United States, I think we finally saw President Trump today he did a great job today by bringing in the things that America is really terrific at, science and business. We have the best scientists in the world. We have some of the best businesses in the world. And he had them all on display behind him. It was a real tour de force. I thought he did a great job of kind of bringing America's strengths to bear on this huge challenge. Well, to that point, a rousing rally, according to the Bloomberg Terminal, swept Wall Street in the final hour of a tumultuous week unwinding almost 90% of the previous day's historic route as President Trump's plan to buttress America's medical capacity to combat the coronavirus soothed Wall Street's frayed nerves. Wall Street liked what the president said in the Rose Garden. Maybe not all of it. Maybe they didn't like all of the delivery. There were no teleprompters that had people on, you know. But overall, they liked it. Everyone's breathing a sigh of relief. They've got the big CEOs, Walmart CEO, and your, your for Congressman French Hill's headquartered district, you know, they were there. They're going to convert the drive-thrus for the tests. Google, America's Google, the crown jewel, as Larry Kudlow says, they have, uh, they're making a website for screenings and all of that's going to start. But Congressman, from your perspective, as you hear Lester, who, who understands the nuances, the president did not take the opportunity to criticize General Secretary Xi Jinping. He said he played nice. When he was at the press conference, he said they've been transparent with their data. We've been giving them our data. I don't want to go. You know, I don't think now's the time. But I, when you look at what's happening in Italy, when you look at South Korea, when you look at the other Japan, other countries in Europe, how do you think the U.S. has done in, in compared to the rest of the world? Well, we found out about the genetics from the Chinese on the 10th of uh, December, probably a month late, three weeks late. So I agree with Lester on that point. And then I think the most important decision President Trump took early was the travel ban from Wuhan and from China. That was very smart. Controversial at the time, he was called a racist for doing it. But I think it did contribute to safety in this country. But when I look at the market reaction today, I see uh, three things. One, the public health response today, which was the strongest I think it's been for the Trump administration. I agree with Lester on that. Two, the Federal Reserve action of repo liquidity in the markets this week have calmed 
uh, the fixed income markets. You saw the, both the 10-year and the uh, 30-year rally today. And then uh, I think the stock market is looking for predictability, looking for a reduction uncertainty. What they saw today was, as you said, science and business coming together, the great American leadership. Those three legs of the stool gave people going into the weekend something positive to talk about. Well, and I don't know if the congressman wants to go here, but it was it was a nice contrast from the Wednesday television appearance by the president, which I think was kind of a missed opportunity. Uh, and frankly, he's better when he's not talking from a teleprompter. Everyone thinks it's better when he reads his speeches. That, that may not be true. He might need to be in a more flexible environment, which, which is what he was today, and he did a much better job. When he was reading from the teleprompter on Wednesday, he made some mistakes. They had to go back and correct them, and the, and the market reacted negatively. Well, and you know, my colleague Matt Shirley just pointed it out to me. I mean, he, in many ways, struck a conciliatory tone. At one point, he praised Demo- Demo- a Democrat, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, you saw some, some nice rhetoric from the president with Gavin Newsom. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez even sent a tweet out. Did you see this? sent a tweet out to Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin saying that she would agree with pausing the, the interest on student loans. So, I, I mean, look, we're in polarized times. And, I, and, I, and I, before we got on the air, I told Congressman Hill, I am frustrated a little bit to see I, 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 some of the focus on the for la- some of my eh, cable news stuff, you know, when really right now the most important thing should be spreading facts and factual information. And on how people can get tests, but have you noticed a different a different President Trump emerging, Congressman, in the face of this emergency, even within the past couple of hours? You know, we we can really tell the mantle of a person in a crisis, and President Trump is facing his first significant crisis, and I think he's stepped up to it. I think he's rallied his troops inside the administration. He's working constructively with Congress, and he's rallied the business community that American can beat this. And that's what we expect from our president. And that's what we expect from our country. I'm Kevin Cerilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. The three most important parts of this bill are testing, testing, testing. This legislation facilitates free coronavirus testing for everyone who needs a test, including the uninsured. That was Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi speaking earlier today on Capitol Hill as she works with Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin on getting some type of economic stimulus bill. I'm Kevin Cerulli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Radio. Uh, Congressman French Hill's here. Wendy Benjaminson, Bloomberg po- Politics Editor, joins us via phone. Wendy, I want to get to you in one second, but I have a question. The test, Congressman, they're going to be free. Tests are going to be free. Tests are going to be free. Republican from Arkansas just told us. Wendy Benjaminson, how has <laughs> the coronavirus upended the 2020 race? 180 degrees. It's, wow. it's a huge, it's it's a huge 
moment with the campaign because it was already at sort of an inflection point. You know, Biden is so far ahead, former Vice President Joe Biden, that, you know, he's just sort of on this march to to clinching the nomination, probably, unless something changes. And so what changes? The virus happens. And um, people are reluctant to vote. People don't want people, strangers, knocking on their door and handing them a pen and asking them to sign things. So everyone has gone, including the president, has gone to virtual campaigning. In about 90 minutes, Joe Biden's going to have a virtual town hall in Chicago from his home in Wilmington. Um, And so it's Bernie Sanders was today mourning the loss of his rallies. He loves his rallies, he says. And so there's just, they're not traveling around the country. They're not holding rallies. It's a huge change. So I I have a question in terms of what, uh, I mean, I think it was Louisiana, Wendy, that postponed the primary today. Louisiana postponed its primary until June 20th, and so did the Wyoming caucuses. Um, that just came in a little while ago. Okay. The Wyoming Democratic caucuses will not hold in-person caucusing, which is the thing that they do in Iowa, as we both remember oh, well gosh. from January, yeah. where people gather in gymnasiums and <coughs> stores and living rooms, and they all get together and they all decide who they as a group want to nominate for president. That's not going to happen in Wyoming in April. They're going to just have everybody mail in their choice. Um, So I think we're going to see that in a few states. But these huge states that are voting on Tuesday, Ohio, Florida, Arizona, and Illinois, didn't have time to make that change. So they're encouraging mail-in voting. They're encouraging absentee. This will affect the campaign in one important way. There's a huge generation gap. Bernie Sanders voters are young. Joe Biden's voters are over, a lot of them are over 65. And those are the vulnerable people who may not come out and vote. You know, I think that's a great point uh, in terms of where things are going. And uh, just in terms of the debate, there's going to be a debate. I think they're moving it here to Washington, D.C., actually, mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. Yeah. And the president just said that he's going to be making some type of follow-up announcement on Sunday as well with regards to testing. But, I mean... If you're Bernie Sanders, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the in the business of pushing one candidate. You know, I don't do that. Neither do you, Wendy. No. But how does how does he? This is such a weird question to ask. How does he get? I don't want to say attention. How does he? Kind of, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? You know what I'm trying to get Yeah, at? how do they get attention? Yeah. That's exactly the question. That's what candidates are desperate for. Well, they've each been holding um, some sort of speech every day since they've stopped campaigning. Um, it's mostly been on the virus because that's all anyone wants to talk about. Hopefully that will, you know, we'll all begin our new normal for a while and want to think about something else from our living rooms and kitchens. But the, um, but in the meantime, they're both whole, using the virus, for example, Bernie Sanders is, to talk about Medicare for all and how if we had a better health system, we wouldn't be in the pickle we are right now. Um, and so they're, they're really pushing it, but it's, it's hard because it all is through earned media and advertising, which is, and the advertising is very expensive. All right. Wendy Benjaminson, my good friend. Yeah. Great to talk with you. Great to talk with you, too. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Wendy Benjaminson, my friend and Bloomberg Politics editor, joining us. Congressman French Hills here, Lester Munson's here. Lester, let me open this up to you. I mean, from a political standpoint, I, if you're Bernie Sanders, I mean, I don't know how he gets attend. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah, how's he, how is he going to take his strength, which is this kind of emotional insurgent, uh, the government is corrupt, 
message and deliver it now when people are looking for stability and predictability and competence. And if, if President Trump can deliver that or something close to that, it really completely takes the air out of Bernie Sanders' message. So he's in, he's in a tougher spot than he was even a week or two ago when Joe Biden kind of ran the table on him on Super Tuesday. So he's, he's even more in a corner than he was before. Okay. There's been questions that have been asked, so many questions, Congressman, that have been asked about caucuses, about modern voting, televoting, whether or not the conventions are going to happen. I don't want to get out in the realm of conspiracy. I don't want to get out in the realm of what ifs and whatnot. But this is really, I mean, this situation, for lack of a better word, this pandemic has made us all ask a lot of questions, but one of them is about how we vote. And so from an election standpoint, I'm curious for your thoughts on that. Well, I think it's an issue. You're seeing it now. We'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it, when it comes to uh, the later races this this summer and obviously this fall. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't really know what the answer will be. Some states are prepared to do that because they allow mail-in ballots. Uh, in Arkansas, we have very traditional voting. We have uh, three weeks of early voting, but the rest of the time is by machine. So the states will have to cross that bridge when we come to it. I think you ask a good question that requires some some planning with our state and local government. All right. So, again, if you're just joining us, President Trump declaring a national emergency. Uh, he has initiated a, a bevy of public-private partnerships to make sure that tests become more readily available to the American people. There's gonna, Google's going to have a site where folks can do pre-screening. Uh, CVS, Walmart, Target, they're going to be converting their parking lots into drive-through testing sites. Uh, the congressman was just telling us that talks on Capitol Hill between Speaker Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin to have free tests are moving rapidly along. He expects a vote. you expect a vote before you guys head on a recess? or We do expect a vote, hopefully tonight. Oh, yeah. Okay. So tonight, and then the Senate is in session next week, so likely would do something on that. Next week, let's hear from Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, who spoke outside of the White House earlier today about the market volatility. But again, the markets ended up today uh, and they had a rally today. But here he is trying to calm the markets at the White House earlier. Don't stare at the screen, okay? It'll be higher a year from now, as I said. People who weathered the crash in 1987, people who weathered the financial crisis, for long-term investors, uh, the U.S. is the best place to invest in the world. I think there's a lot of wisdom there, Lester, not just in the markets, but don't stare at the screen. Yeah. Get off of the social media feed. Stop looking at the conspiracy theories on Twitter. I mean, come on. I mean, it's public-private partnerships that are going to be the continuity of the uh, forget about of the country. I mean, but but this up and down, up and down. Yeah, not people, just in the markets. People need to to get off of Twitter, get off yeah. of looking at the chirons on TV, stop tracking the market every two minutes. Yes, the fundamentals are strong. The American economy is in terrific shape. We're going to have to get through the next month or two with this virus. Uh, we've got the best medical technology in the world. Some, a lot of our systems are state-of-the-art. We may have a few gaps, but we're going to fill those. I think the president made a, made a great beginning on it today. And uh, people, people should be optimistic about the future and also see that there are some opportunities now. If you stocks are cheap, you should buy some stocks. Uh, also, kids are going to have time off of school. Somebody pointed out that Isaac Newton had to go home from college during the Great Plague in London, and he developed calculus and discovered gravity. So, you know, no you pressure, can, kids. You can, yeah. you can do constructive things with your free time. You know what else you can do? Maybe you could do a random act of kindness, kids. 
Maybe send in a funny video. Y'all make these funny videos. Send them into a nursing home. Teach your grandparents how to FaceTime. You might have to put them on VHS tape. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but teach them. I mean, come on. I mean, there's got to be some positivity here. It's so doom and gloom. I'm excited. I remember after 9-11 when the, when the games finally came back. I am so excited to go to a ball game now. And let me tell you, I, I look forward to a couple of months from now rooting on eh, – Still going to be Philadelphia, Washington, but maybe I'll go. <laughs> maybe I'll put on a Nationals cap or something, uh, just just to to kind of ingratiate into the city. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about what's on the panel's radar. I also want to hear from the congressman about what everyday folks can do to help others besides wash their hands. Congressman, we're all washing our hands. I'm Kevin Cirilli, chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Radio, and you are listening on a beautiful Friday. Yes, it's still beautiful outside. To Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. This will pass. Uh, this will pass through and uh, we're going to be uh, even stronger for it. That was President Trump speaking earlier today in the Rose Garden at the White House. Uh, markets had a rousing rally today. Uh, they closed during the middle of the president's speech. You could actually hear the bell uh, on Bloomberg television. I was like, who is the bell at the Rose Garden uh, when they when the markets closed? A rousing rally swept Wall Street in the final hour of a tumultuous week, unwinding almost 90% of the previous day's historic rout. Um, again, the president announcing a massive, massive public-private sector partnership. I mean, and the CEOs were all there. Target, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens. They're going to, you know, they're all in it together, folks. Uh, here with us for the hour... Lester Munson, principal at government relations firm BGR Group. He previously served on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to now former chairman Bob Corker and Congressman French Hill, a Republican from Arkansas, uh, the second district. And we were talking, I, I, so I'm going to put you on the spot before we do what's on your radar. We all know practice good hygiene, self dis so social distance. I think people should social distance from social media, maybe, you know, relax on the tweets. But what can folks do? To help others in a virtual world right now, Congressman. Well, I think one thing we can do with all these kids that are home from school in these cities that are the most impacted, like Seattle and Metro New York, for example. In our region, the DMV in, in, area, where in, they're going to be closed for the rest of the month. Right. What can you do? Go relieve somebody. Help a mom or a dad who's trying to work at home by help watch their kids. Uh, that would be something that would be so beneficial because obviously group daycares are going to be impacted by this as well. And and pack some food at a food bank for those that are in trouble too. If it makes sense and if it, you follow all the regulations. Of course, or, yeah. Right, right. But yeah, think of others. There's a lot we can do. Um, all right. I'm going to ask you the same question before we do what's on our I, I agree. I think service projects, these kids are going to be home. They're going to have two months, maybe three, where they're, they don't probably have to do a lot of academic activity. They can go to a homeless shelter. They can help out. They can go pack food for folks who, uh, who may need a little bit of help and, and turn it into an opportunity to serve the community. Not just binge on Netflix, but, you know, maybe some Netflix. Uh, this just flashed on the Bloomberg headline. Microsoft says Bill Gates stepped down from the company's board. 
Harvey Govin writing on the Bloomberg Terminal. Microsoft says co-founder and technology advisor Bill Gates stepped down from the company's board to dedicate more time to his philanthropic priorities. All right. That's, I mean, talking about a Friday news dump. <laughs> Bill Gates is – I mean, the markets ended up. The markets closed. Bill Gates – all right. Bye, everybody. Um, we'll leave that there. Okay. Congressman, what is on your radar? You know, what's on my radar is the spirit that I saw today in the Rose Garden and the spirit I've seen on Capitol Hill of rising to the occasion. So what's on my radar is can we get the entire uh, Twitter sphere out there in America to rise to the occasion and give a little appreciation to the people who are working hard to tackle this coronavirus beat it and prove to the world that America comes together when we I face I was thinking about this today. I mean, you think of folks who clean up our trash every day. You think of folks who are cleaning our buildings every yep. day. You think of our triple, nurses. Triple and quadruple cleaning. Exactly. I mean, you think of all these people who have thankless jobs that we often so take for granted, and they're rolling up their sleeves, they're putting on gloves, and they're washing through all of our dirty stuff. I mean, yeah, maybe say thank you a little more meaningful the next time you run into them. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but right after here, you're headed back to Capitol Hill to likely vote on a bill, on an economic stimulus bill. Uh, that you, You're hopeful that passes tonight? Uh, well, I'd like to read it before uh, that happens. <laughs> fair, uh, fair. And it's I'm glad it's, some lawmakers read before it, they vote. It's headed in the right direction, uh, so I look forward to getting – uh, back and taking a look at it. Hopefully, when I get back to the Capitol, be ready to vote. I think the markets need a suspension vote today. I would, I would argue that Nancy Pelosi, Stephen Mnuchin, the president, need to pass a bill that's a bipartisan bill today. Turn it over to Mitch McConnell when the Senate convenes Monday morning, and let's press on. Let's hit, let's hit that hashtag unity, and let's do something right for the country. Do you think? Have you noticed in your interactions this week? Excuse me, I was clearing my throat. It wasn't coughing. That was not a dry cough. <laughs> um, do you think that you've noticed that Democrats and Republicans are working more together or no? I think they are. I think people realize this is a crisis for our families. This is a crisis in our communities. We want to be part of the solution for that. So I think the answer to your question is yes, they are. Good. Lester, keep well, that up, Congressman, because people need that right now. Lester, what... um. What's on your radar? Well, I agree with everything the congressman said, but I will say I was reading the paper this morning and I turned to the sports section, which is always the place I look first, and I realized, I started feeling sorry for myself that we may not even have a sports section in three or four days because there's no sports to follow. I started feeling sorry for myself. I started feeling sorry for sports journalists. My uh -huh. dad was a sports journalist for a long time, and I right. thought those poor guys aren't going to have anything to do. And then I thought, well, baseball is going to come back at some point, maybe middle, end of April, early May. They will have had no, effectively, no spring training. So we'll get to see all the young guys wow. make a bunch of mistakes on the field. I've never <laughs> been able to go to spring training. This will be kind of fun. And you're going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to watch them. I cannot wait to go back and watch a D.C. United game. Uh, that's Yeah, that's very interesting. And speaking of sports, here's a, here's a good story. Zion Williamson is the NBA player with the New Orleans Pelicans. He's the guy with the microphone, the whole microphone situation. Uh, announced on Instagram that he's going to pay the salaries of employees at the arena in which the Pelicans play, which is the Smoothie King Center. Good for him. You know, I think I think we're all trying to figure out what – he made a dumb mistake. I mean, but I think everyone's trying to figure out, all right, like, all right, we get it. We get it. It's a serious, very serious situation that we find ourselves in. And I, I, I take him at his word there. Uh, what else is on my radar? Iran. 
uh, because the U.S. had military strikes last night in Iraq against some facilities. Lester, you know this better than I. Uh, in Iraq against some Iranian-backed facilities. What do we know on that front? Well, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the Middle East. It's not you know it's not just uh, coronavirus related. The U.S. is finally uh, responding to a couple of American uh, troops were killed in the in the last couple of days. The U.S. has responded by attacking Iranian-backed Iraqi militias in Iraq. That's a that's a step up in the violence. We should all be uh, paying attention to what's going on there. But at the same time, you see that Iran is getting hammered by coronavirus. The numbers that they're reporting out, I'm sure, are inaccurate to the point where we're seeing with satellite images them digging giant, uh, apparently giant uh, pits to bury bodies in. Uh, It's very alarming. And it could be, the virus could be at the highest levels of the Iranian government and their military apparatus. It could be affecting their decision making. So it's possible that the kind of the norm, I don't want to say normal, but that the conflict in the Middle East, in Iraq in particular, is going to be impacted by the coronavirus also. You know, and, and just before on our way out for this weekend, as folks are heading into to the weekend and the slow week, Bloomberg.com has amazing, amazing places where you can go uh, with fact-based uh, information, as do our competitors. I'm on the Associated Press website right now, APnews.com, uh, and it has a special page for the virus outbreak. And it also has, uh, if you click on their homepage, tracking virus falsehoods. You know, go to go to the AP, go to Bloomberg.com, go to the CDC website. Come on, folks, don't don't be getting this nonsense that's going to drive you off the the ledge on on the social media platforms. It's going to give everyone a heart attack. It's it's not it's not true, Congressman. I mean, talk about misinformation that's out there. Coronavirus.gov is a terrific site. Johns Hopkins is a terrific site. Both fantastic. Your Department of Health in the state where you're listening today is a great source of real information. Share it with your family and friends. Don't share the silliness that's out on social media from an unreliable source. Yeah, because that silliness is what's giving everybody a heart attack. All right, I want to thank Congressman French Hill for coming in, my colleague Wendy Benjaminson, and of course Lester Munson. Thank you all three. Uh, Again, markets were up today. They were optimistic on the president's message. Public-private partnership, folks. It's on. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. You're listening to Bloomberg. Spread kindness. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.